just thank you. Isn't it precious? Just sometimes coming to church and um, sensing the Lord and his presence, and it's good. It's just good to be in church. I'm grateful, Valley Bible Baptist. You know, I, I, I think here, I, I can remember years, uh, Father's Day, we would have uh, very few people because it seemed like all of the fathers wanted to go what they called Riverside Baptist or Mountainside Baptist or uh, they wanted to go up on the hills. And uh, it has been such a joy to see more and more men uh, getting involved and in coming to church and being in church. And here, I can remember times on Sunday night that uh, on a Father's Day, be very almost nobody in church. And I remember those times. And, uh, and what, a, what a blessing to, to just see people in church on Father's Day. And uh, I, I really think uh, that, that um, uh, it's, it's a testimony uh, and, and the need of our, of our nation, men that spiritually lead the family and uh, just the fact here on Father's Day that we have, we have men and families in church and uh, that is uh, such a powerful testimony and it is the need uh, really of our, of our nation. So uh, what a blessing. I'm blessed here today and tonight and just seeing the faithfulness of the folks here at Valley Bible Baptist. Let's stand if you're able to. As we uh, open up and read a portion of the Word of God here this evening, we're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and I, I'm going to go back and, and read some of the section that, uh, that we actually covered last Sunday night, uh, but we're going to take a little different angle at uh, things here this evening. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, want to begin reading in verse number 8, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 8. And we're dealing here in the context of the local church, but then we'll move beyond the local church, and we'll move out from the church into the world and uh, just uh, express some thoughts as to how we are to handle uh, the world and the difficulties that come our way as a part of the world. The Bible says that in the world, we'll suffer tribulation. We're going to face some difficulties. He says, finally, in verse 8, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, his lips that they speak no guile. And let me just insert there that uh, keeping your tongue is going to help you to live a happier life. Uh, you keep your tongue under control. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, but his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Uh, and be ye not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having good, good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now I want to uh, take you back just very quickly to verse number, number 14. And there's a statement here, be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. And uh, this thought uh, just kind of permeates uh, this, this next section. Um, 
You know, many times when we face difficulties, our hearts are filled with terror, are filled with fear, and uh, many times we, we make wrong decisions because of fear rather than trusting the Lord. And it's very important that when you face difficulties that your eyes are upon the Lord and that you walk with the Lord, that you trust the Lord, that you look to the Lord. And walking by faith through difficulties will keep you from making what we might say, dumb decisions. Any of you ever ever do something in a time of fear that you look back and you said, wow, that, that wasn't a wise choice. I, I did that out of fear. I, I didn't do that in faith and following the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to kind of give that as, as the introduction thought tonight. If you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you tonight for just your presence in this place. And been blessed here tonight by the singing and uh, the fellowship here together. Just good to be here. Thank you for a beautiful Father's Day. Thank you for the men here at Valley Bible Baptist Church. Thank you, Lord, that you uh, just have raised up men, godly men that love you, want to walk with you, want to lead their families. Thank you, God, that you're raising up young men that are preparing to be future leaders of their homes and of their families. And Lord, would you help us here tonight as, as your word is open, God, that uh, you would give us truth that would be transforming, making a difference in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated here with me. I want to, to just go back and, and uh, look at a thought. If you go back with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, and, and it becomes evident as we're marching through the book of 1 Peter that one of Peter's objectives is to prepare God's people for difficult days and difficult times. I think Peter was fully expecting uh, the trials of life and the trials of persecution uh, to really smack these Christians head on. And, and I think uh, something that uh, we can look, uh, look at and what Peter said uh, to these scattered Christians. I want you to look in 1 Peter 1 verse 6 and he says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And we made mention uh, back some time ago, that the Lord is preparing us for eternity. And so He's working in our hearts and He allows the trials and the difficulties of life in order to prepare us, to mold us to the character and the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I, I received a, a wonderful snack basket. Oh, and, uh, my family knows how much I love chocolate, how much I love snacks. And and uh, my, my tendency would be if I could sit down at that basket and just feast, uh, that, that would be my meal. And uh, that would be uh, every breakfast and, and lunch and supper. But it wouldn't be good for me if that was all I had. And, and the Lord knows in our Christian life and our Christian walk that we need some trials along the way. Uh, we need some difficulties in order to mold us to the character of Christ. And you go with me to chapter 2, and we have here the... Uh, example of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and he mentions in chapter 2 of the Lord, this is thankworthy in verse 19, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. He says, for what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your fault, you take it patiently, but if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. 
For even here unto you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. And so we have here again suffering and uh, the difficulties of Christ. Here in chapter 3, we read verse 14 a moment ago. Uh, it says, But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. We go into chapter 4 and verse number 12. He says, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. He said this is a part of the Christian life. And here Peter is preparing Christians for difficult days ahead. He's teaching them how to suffer. We've commented before that in China, uh, some of the discipleship courses, they would actually teach people how to die for the Lord Jesus Christ uh, because there was a good chance that in serving the Lord, in certain parts of China, they would face prison, they would face difficulties, they would lose jobs. They were teaching Christians to suffer. I believe if the Lord tarries His coming, that God's people are going to have to learn to go through some suffering and some difficulties. And we're going to have to learn to do so with grace. Now, whether or not we face persecution, which I fully expect that would come, I do believe that judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. And I know our nation has drastically departed from the, from the face of the Lord. And uh, we, I mentioned this morning in Sunday school that uh, really what happened this past week in, uh, on our White House lawn and, uh, and just uh, the atrocity here to our nation, the slap in the face of God. Uh, God must judge, and often when judgment comes, there are difficulties that will come to the people of God and to those that love the Lord and want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think what Peter is expressing to us is very crucial in the days ahead. As Christians, when we face difficulties, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes we're tempted to give in to fears. We're tempted to give in to doubt, and those fears and those doubts will often lead to wrong decisions. Now, I want you to look here, 1 Peter chapter 3, we, we spoke in verse 15 last week about the importance of this. And he says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but sanctify, this is simply to set apart the Lord God in your hearts. And if you're saved here this evening, your, your heart, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, which lives in you, which dwells in you. And the Bible tells us we're to set apart our heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he wants you above all things. I mentioned F.B. E. Meyer. and He went through a time where he just lacked the joy of the Lord. And a younger preacher shared with him the testimony of, of how the joy came when he fully surrendered to the Lord. And I really believe that the great need across Christianity, it's the need in my heart, it's the need here at Valley Bible Baptist Church, it's the need for each and every one of us that we would sanctify the Lord God in our heart, that every part of our heart would be set aside for the Lord. Uh, there would be no rooms, no closets, uh, no corners. Uh, that would be reserved for self, but it would be wholly surrendered to the Lord. And as Romans 12, verse number 1 and 2 said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. The Lord wants you. He wants your heart. Now, here in verse number 15, this is actually a quotation taken from Isaiah chapter 8, verses 13 and 14. And I think that's interesting because the context of Isaiah chapter 8 
is King Ahaz. He's the king of Judah. And he's facing an invasion by the Assyrians. And Isaiah warns Ahaz during this time, during this invasion, that he is to trust in the Lord. And in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 13, Isaiah, by way of God, or God by way of Isaiah, says to Ahaz, Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, let him be your fear, and let him be your dread, and he shall be for a sanctuary. And what God is saying to Ahaz is, uh, you put your trust in the Lord. As the Assyrians come against you, you're not to make an alliance with others. You're not to fear others. You're to fear the Lord. You're to trust the Lord. You're to set the Lord aside in your heart. And I believe here in the context, as we look at 1 Peter, when we face difficulties, when we face the Assyrians that come against us, when we face the hardships of life that are going to come upon all of us, and my brethren, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you when those things come against us, uh, we are to put our trust in the Lord and to sanctify the Lord our God in our hearts, in our lives. And uh, what we find, if you were to go back to Isaiah and the life of Ahaz, fear caused Ahaz to turn away from trusting the Lord and to seek to make an alliance with the wicked Assyrians. And it was an unwise decision. Uh, to sanctify the Lord God in our heart, to set our hearts aside for Him, we can trust Him and not be given to fears and not make unwise decisions like Ahaz. If we react to a situation rather than trust through the situation, often it's a wrong choice or wrong decision. Now, let's look at a couple of thoughts here. First Peter, how can we properly be prepared? When difficulties come, how can we sanctify the Lord our God? How can we make wise choices through the difficulties of life? Look here in chapter 2, verse number 13. Uh, first of all, this evening, we can follow Christ's example. We can follow Christ's example. He says, who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Now, last week we examined this thought just a, a little bit, and we, um, uh, in, in the context here, uh, you know, we can render evil for good, and that is satanic. Uh, we can render good for good, or evil for evil, that's the human level. And then we can render good for evil, and that's Christ-like. And I want you to look here at verse number 9 of chapter 3. We're, we're warned here, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life, see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, his lips that they speak no guile. When others speak against you or others attack you, ye need not to attack back. Let him eschew evil, do good, let him seek peace, and ensue it. And here's the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is Christ-like. Uh, you go back to chapter 2, verse number 21. That is the example of Christ. He's given us this example. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously." You know, when others have wronged us, what the Lord is saying to us is we don't have to return 
the wrong unto them. We can trust our cause into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. You get into a lot of trouble if when others speak against you, you speak against them. Uh, when others attack you, you attack them. That's human nature. Uh, however, the divine nature, the Christ-like nature, is to render rather blessing. I want you to keep your place here. Go back with me to Romans chapter 12. And here's an excellent uh, kind of um, interpretation of what uh, Peter is telling us in Romans chapter 12. And uh, let's read a fairly lengthy section of Scripture here. Uh, chapter 12, verse 14. Romans 12, verse 14. And it reads, Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I've known men and women that were saved because when they did wrong, others, uh, basically a Christian, uh, would, would uh, do right in, in return. And uh, it brought conviction to the heart. It uh, heaped coals of fire upon the head and brought conviction and drew them to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when others have wronged us, we don't have to return that wrong. Greatest example of this is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you look at uh, the cross and you see the world that God loved, He was in the world, the world was made by Him, the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, His own received Him not. And here is a world that He loved, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But you look at what the world did to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the world hated Him, the world mocked Him, they plucked His beard, they pierced His uh, his hands and his feet, uh, they hung him upon a cross, they hung him there naked before the world to mock and to laugh and to scoff. And as they passed by and uh, mocking the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, here the Lord looks from the cross and he says simply, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that was the testimony, that was the illustration for us, that's the example for us that the Lord has given unto us. Uh, the days ahead, I don't know what they may be. Uh, there are going to be times, no doubt, that uh, God's children will suffer. And even if it's not persecution, you're going to go through difficulties. Many of you, and I know the testimony of many of you, when you came to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your own family uh, rejected you. Uh, I knew a man that uh, was training to be a, a priest, and uh, he got saved in the process of that training and came to know Jesus Christ. And he went back to his, his father and he told his father of, of his salvation. And his father uh, says to him, basically said, this door right here, you leave this house. You're not welcome here anymore. He was very disappointed. And uh, here this son just continued to love this father, continued to witness to this father, continued to uh, just invest in this father. And before his father came to know Je or came, died, uh, he came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that's the testimony that has been given. See, any person can act like a lost person, but it takes God's grace to behave like a saved person. It takes God's grace uh, to behave as Christ did 
uh, when he was persecuted, when he was hated, when he was mocked, he rendered not evil for evil. We can follow Christ's example. Uh, and then we move on through this passage of Scripture. How do we deal with the difficulties, the sufferings, the trials of life? We can trust God's promises. And as we look in this section here in 1 Peter, there are many promises that have been given to us. I want to just pull out some of the promises. Look in verse number 9. 1 Peter 3, verse number 9. See, we have a promised blessing. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing. But notice this statement, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. That's a powerful statement. Uh, this world is not our home. I, I think there are a couple of applications of this. We have a home reserved in heaven. Everything that we face in this life, we are being prepared for heaven. We're being molded to the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Lord never promised you comfort in this life. He never did. He, he never promised in this life that you would have no trials or difficulties. It was just the opposite of this. Uh, what the Lord has promised, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God had prepared for them that love Him. The Lord has prepared for us a wonderful blessing, the riches in glory. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And here the Bible speaks of the grace of the Lord that in the ages to come uh, would give us the riches of His glory. See, we are called to inherit a blessing. And so God is preparing us for that blessing. This life is but one speck in eternity. And the things that happen in this life, we get so focused in this life, we get so focused sometimes in how people hurt us and what they did to us, and we forget that this life is so small compared to eternity. We are going to inherit a blessing. We have that promised blessing. But you know, I, I believe even beyond eternity to know Jesus. What a blessing. They can take Paul and throw him in prison. Take away his freedom, but they can't take Jesus from Paul. And so Paul at the midnight hour can sing praises unto the Lord. Uh, Paul from prison in Rome can write back to the Philippian church, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. He can do so because even in the lack of freedom, even in the prison house, he had the presence of the Lord. And he could say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Friend, just to know Jesus is worth it all. What a blessing. God has called you. See, we don't belong to this world. We don't need to get down in the mud and uh, waddle with all the pigs in that mud puddle. Uh, no, we, we've been called to a blessing. We're called beyond the mud puddle. You're sheep. You're not pigs. Don't need to wander the mud and live in the mud and live like the world and live in that filth and defilement of all the world. Friend, live like a sheep and a sheep hates the mud. And they want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're called to inherit a blessing. We've got that promise and we can live in those promises and trust in God's promises. We have also a promised advocate. Look in verse 12 of 1 Peter chapter 3. And it reads, the eyes of the Lord 
are over the righteous. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That the righteous, that's the saved. Uh, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And His ears are open unto their prayers. See, Christ watches over His children. You're saved. He's open to your prayers. What you're facing does not go unnoticed before the Lord. Do you see this? The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles 16, verse number 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him. When your heart is right with God, friends, the Lord watches over you. And all the difficulties that you face, the trials that you endure, it did not take Him by surprise. He saw it all and He's open. His ears are open to the prayers of His children. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's the lawyer and we can come before Him in that time of need. And as 1 Peter later says, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. We have a wonderful promise there. We have a promised advocate that sees us and hears us in the difficulties. I love verse 13. We have a promised protector. Who is He that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Do you see that? That wonderful promise. Satan may try to harm you, but do you realize this? Before anybody can get to you, he's got to go through Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fight Jesus. I don't want to fight against the Lord. That's kind of what he's expressing here. Who is he that will harm you? See, they first have to go through the Lord. Everything has to cross his desk before it can get to you. It's going to have his stamp of approval. You know, sometimes we think that we wrestle against flesh and blood. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. Your battle is a spiritual war. And in that spiritual war, it's got to come through his desk. It's got to have his approval. You can see this principle at work throughout the, the word of God. Uh, Daniel taken captive to a strange land. That had to have God's approval. Joseph sold into slavery had to have God's approval. Joseph falsely accused and thrown into prison had to have God's stamp of approval. Job, before he would lose the possessions and his children and his family and his health, that had to come through the Lord and Satan had to bring that case and that cause to the Lord before that could take place. David, before Saul would pursue his life, had to have the stamp of approval from God. And do you realize in all of that, God is sovereign, He's over all, and nothing could come the way of His children except the Lord allowed it. And if the Lord allowed it, He had a purpose in it. Do you see who is He that will harm you? If God be for you, who can be against you? That's this wonderful promise. In Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ Jesus? 
He goes on to say, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or peril or sword. He said, nay, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither life nor death nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's God's promise. We have his promised protection. And if we have that trust, what is there to fear? You see, sometimes we face the difficulty in the unknown when our heart is filled with fear and we make a wrong, unwise decision. If we would just realize we don't have to go through the law and he's in control. We also have his promised presence. We mentioned already verse 15. Uh, look with me, verse 15. Well, go to verse 14. I like this. He says, but if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. That word happy in this case is blessed. You're blessed. If you're suffering for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ, again, it had to cross the desk of the Lord. He says, be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. You've got nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. You have him, the Lord, on your side as you're walking with him. And then we have his presence. Verse 15 again, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Uh, to sanctify, turn everything over to him. And as the Lord said to Ahaz, Ahaz, the Assyrians are coming against you. You need not fear them. Sanctify the Lord God. Fear the Lord God. And uh, that's what the Bible is saying. We need not fear those things that come against us. We need not fear others, but we can turn everything over to the Lord again, casting all your care upon Him. He's with us in suffering. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. We're tempted to give in to fear rather than simply trusting Him. I want you to, to keep your place. This is worth going, going back to. Go to Psalm 118. Look at one little verse here. I, I want you to see it with your own eyes. Because it's clear. Psalm 118. Look at verse 6. What the psalmist says. The Lord is on my side. What does he say? I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Isn't that good? If God be for you, who can be against you? You have the promised presence. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's go on. Verse number 15. We have a promised purpose. He says, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. But notice this statement, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Now, God uses your suffering and your difficulties really to give testimony of His goodness. The world watches you, and when you are squeezed, uh, the world is watching to see what comes out of you. You take a lemon and you squeeze a lemon, you get lemon juice. 
you take a Christian that's walking with the Lord and you squeeze their life and the Lord Jesus Christ ought to come out of the life. And that's the testimony that the world needs to see. See, God uses suffering even to give testimony of his goodness. I read the testimony of a young man that after coming to know Christ was mocked for his faith in Christ and and he took it patiently. He didn't take vengeance. And those who mocked him, as they watched his response, became convicted. And many of his friends came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In fact, if you were to back up to 1 Peter chapter 3, and the Bible tells that uh, a woman who's married to a lost man, or a man that's not seeking the Lord, by her conversation, can have that impact to draw him to the Lord. And this is the same principle that God has given unto us when we respond properly to the difficulty. It gives testimony. We're squeezed. Jesus comes out. Uh, you take Paul, put him in prison, beat him, and chain him to the stocks. And at the midnight hour, he sings praises to the Lord. And a jailer gets saved. You put Paul in the Roman prison, and you squeeze him, and Jesus comes out, and those chained prisoners come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Many in Caesar's household came to know Jesus. That's what the Lord seeks to accomplish. See, a Christian can suffer in faith, and whether it be persecution or difficulties or heartbreaks, our God's in control, and we can trust Him, and we need not fear or despair in those difficulties. I did not ever have the privilege of meeting him. I, I don't think, I guess Brother Darrell, you probably will remember Brother Don Hawkins, who he pastored here just less than a year. And he, he was pastoring when I first visited the church, though he wasn't here. And he resigned the very first Sunday that I visited the church. He had been diagnosed with cancer. He was at that time in Houston being treated for that cancer. He soon after that went to be with the Lord. But I was given the testimony that while he was there in Houston facing the cancer and all the treatments, there were doctors and nurses that came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I said that his testimony was just a powerful testimony through that time. That's what the Bible is speaking of. See what comes out when you're squeezed. Now, here's what God says. We can suffer, whether it be persecution, whatever. Our God is in control. We can trust him. We need not fear. We need not despair. He's given us his promises. We have his presence. We have his purpose. We have his protective hand upon us. Facing those difficulties, we can face and follow his example, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he was spoken of evil, he responded not with evil, but he rather gave a blessing. And we can trust in God's promises. How do you face the difficulties? Well, First Peter, these are principles that when followed will bring forth the joy of the Lord out of your life that will testify of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord this evening. Thank you.